Hello, and welcome to an intro to Anthro with Two Humans. I'm human number one, John McRae. And I'm human number two, John Lear. And this is the podcast where we reassess what it means to be human. And the title of this episode is Sometimes It's Adam, Eve, and Steve. A look at marriage throughout history and throughout the world. Yes. Look at you <laughs> leading off with the thruple. <laughs> I just, by the way, uh, John, I just want to say good luck with getting that title on the uh, on the Podbean page. I think that may be the longest one yet. Well, yeah, we might have hit the character the, the character <laughs> maximum, but don't be, worry, I'll figure it out. Throughout he. <laughs> just leave the, like, just end right there. Uh, no. I remember there was a guy at the O'Keefe Museum one time that told me like uh, every show has to have a colon in it, <laughs> you know. So it's like George O'Keefe colon another place or so, you know. Absolutely, and, and ours does. I've been using the dash, so I'll do the uh, uh, episode three dash, then the title. But the subtitle always goes on its own line on the. I'm, yeah. I'm taking you behind the curtain, <laughs> behind the curtain when I uh, I do all the metadata. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, the longer the title, from an academic standpoint, the longer the title, the more serious yes. the article. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's been some uh, press out there about podcasters uh, using, uh, maybe using stuff that is not theirs in their podcast. Mm-hmm. And I want us, I want everyone to know that my partner painstakingly <laughs> Gives credit to ever. There's the bibliography. Hmm. What, what do you call it? The bibliography. Yeah, the reference. The reference page. List. If you ever have a chance, please go to our Podbean site and check out the reference page. Or if you're listening through YouTube, I put it all down there in the uh, in the description. Every yeah. single uh, reference that we use. I'm yeah. very proud of you and, and <laughs> proud to be a part of it. Well, it's all my uh, anthropology trait. I mean, it's okay to read other people's stuff and quote other people's stuff. You just have to give them credit for yeah, it. Just, just give them credit. credit. Just give and them besides credit. Besides, I don't have a you know new thought in my head. I, I, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, look who's head. talking. I mean, you know, I'm right there with you. But I look forward to the day when this podcast is referenced. Ooh. That, that yeah. will be a banner day for intro yeah. to anthro with two humans. You know, uh, Mary does, uh, a, a, it's a, like a pop culture website as th- seen through like the, using share as a lens. Yeah. The so fantastic. Share. Highly recommended. The show endorses called, that website. Right. It's called sharescholar.com and she gets referenced in, in books and it's yeah. really interesting to That's see That's cool. Yeah. Cause wow. it's really uh, highbrow, but funny. And also, uh, it's pop culture. Share, so yeah, and if you haven't gone to uh to that website, please do, and I will make sure that I put it in the show description. Cool, but it's sharescholar.com, it's yeah. easy to remember, yeah. So, anyway, I want to get quoted. That's <laughs> not I'm yet. Jealous. I'm jealous, nothing's happened yet. Quoted. You will, you will. <laughs> well, so, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so it's election time again, John. Yes, it is, know. Mm-hmm. and uh. Like many people in the country during election time, I often get unsolicited emails and unsolicited text. Yes. And I'm not talking about the ones that are coming from politicians uh, who I support or even politicians who bought the <laughs> bought the mailing list from the, the politicians I support. Right. 
I'm talking about the emails you get from, uh, it may be like a former coworker or maybe a mm-hmm. cousin or yep. maybe a cousin's husband or thought you'd find this interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a friend of your mom. That worst one's like a friend of my mom's, you know. Right. See, you're not on social media. Right. So you don't even know. This is like you're like talking from somebody from 1997 <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. Please, please bear with Emails me. Emails are the easy part now. There's a whole war going on that yeah. you don't know about. I've been like in a bomb shelter for 30 years. <laughs> I'm just coming right. out. Like, what is you're it? like one of those Japanese soldiers that still thinks the yeah. war's going on. Yeah. So I'm talking to emails and, you know, uh, texts. But yeah, it, it would be Facebook, I guess, or uh, Instagram, whatever whatever it is now. <laughs> Tweets. What do you guys do? Tweets. Um, but usually, like I say, and they'll they'll send it to me. And my first thought is always, oh, my God, somebody died. <laughs> so, so I'll get it. Like, why would they be reaching out to me? Yep. And then I open it up and uh, and it's some offensive like just really offensive political email chain yeah. letter usually. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, you know, I haven't heard from you in years. <laughs> and this is what you're going to send to me, you know, how to like to reach out. Yep. And, uh, and, and I'm all for like people, you know, I, I think everybody should have an opinion. I think everybody should be able to express an opinion, but you know, when you send it out unsolicited, it's like I didn't Never ask for you. Well. Yeah, no, uh-uh. <laughs> you're you're yeah. like the guy at work who eavesdrops and then tries to tell you what you should do with, uh-huh, with your marriage right. or with. You know. Yep. Oh God. Hey, I'm just. <laughs> you know what happens happened to me? Yeah. No, yeah. Or the neighbor. Every time you go out to t- pull out the barrels or something, there you know a neighbor comes over and tells you what to do with your house. Or yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. And usually these emails will pull out the old, the old standard, <laughs> the old standard bugaboos like socialism, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and I always there's nothing like getting an email from somebody, a relative who you know there that social security is their only source of income, <laughs> <laughs> and they're bashing like we got to stamp out socialism in this country. It's like, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> don't come crying to me when you get your benefits taken away. Um, and what what's that? In uh oh, the Princess Bride. What is it? I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> uh, and then it's rising crime and the border. They'll talk about, and then you know, welfare mothers still pop up occasionally. Uh, and then they always throw in something new about wokeism, which I think is mm-hmm. their their mm-hmm. way of trying to say like, I'm up on the, I'm up to date. You know, it's woke. Yeah. I'm anti wokeism, uh-huh. and uh, and it seems like those woke anti woke arguments sound a lot like the anti politically correct arguments yeah. that they used to make yeah. back in the '90s, and then also the un American activity arguments yeah. that they used to make back in the '50s. So I don't know how how up to date that is. Um, and then at some point within the election cycle. Uh, somebody will invariably start talking about traditional marriage and same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And without fail, somebody will make the comment about uh, traditional marriage. They'll say, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> invariably, it comes up. And it's a pretty good saying. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Somebody it's been around a while. It's, yeah, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little stuck. long in the it's tooth. Stuck. It's a little yeah, long, it's in, a little the long in the tooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what Donna Summers said back in the 
70s, right? <laughs> really? That, that got right? her in trouble with her van. Jesus. That was during the 70s when it was a free-for-all. That's pre-AIDS. That's when yeah. everybody was having sex with everybody. Just, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> it's there. Why if not? someone's genitalia wasn't in your mouth, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> uh, but, but honestly, to me, though, that saying is like the, that's what she said. <laughs> joke of <laughs> political commentary. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's yeah. kind of, it's not that great of a rhyme scheme. And no. It's, not, it's uh-uh. not really that highbrow of a joke, you know. Right. You and, know, my neighbors, by the way, are named Adam and Eve. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's sweet. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I got it. You got to love them for keeping it. I know. I mean, I know. I mean, yeah. Mary and I always get John and Mary. Oh, John and Mary, very oh, religious. You know, yeah, like, oh, so sweet. I love it. <laughs> uh, but usually, when people make that comment, uh, they'll kind of pause afterwards. Mm. So, as if they're waiting for you, you have to acknowledge it. You know yeah. what I mean? You have uh, to, yeah, or like uh-huh. laugh or something. Right. It's like you know, yeah, okay. it's not like you. <laughs> Like, I don't know what they're waiting for. Like a, like applause or something. Like they've written the great American novel or something. Soon we'll have AI to respond to those things. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Very mm. interesting. Yeah. Upside down <laughs> smiley face. Uh, but, but the thing is for me as an anthropologist, whenever I hear that statement, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Yes. I, my first reaction as an anthropologist is, well, it is and it isn't. <laughs> because uh, anthropologists have studied marriage a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, you know, next to culture, just the concept of culture, yep. marriage is probably the one topic that anthropologists have studied more than any other. It makes sense. It, yeah. This is core. We're getting down to human, humanness right. now. <laughs> right. And also the reason is uh, marriage is one of the ways that groups, basic ways that groups interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And usually you think about, well, it's You're individual. You're talking about key parties. You're talking about key parties, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I think you're oh. jumping ahead a little. Oh. Bit. I'm talking. I'm talking about we're back at even thousands of years before. Well, cl- you know, bone parties or whatever they do. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have a we should have a separate we should have a separate discussion about this. I'll uh, do it after the podcast podcast. <laughs> but, but hey, there's no bad there's no bad questions. No bad <laughs> thank, questions. You. thank you, so, thank you, thank uh, you. And I appreciate you speaking up and asking the question. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, but it's been between, we always think of uh, marriage being between individuals, but really for, throughout most of our history, marriage has been a way to link groups together. The marriage was what provided a, a, how to increase your alliances or mm-hmm. increase your economic status by marrying these two people together. Right. You take your daughter, his son, you marry hmm. him, and now we've got peace. Right. Or something. Right. Yeah. And, and probably even from a prehistoric, you know, it's hard to say like what, what marriage was with prehistoric humans. But but again, you could see where if you marry somebody or mate with somebody from another group, you mm-hmm. increase your territory, for example. Mm-hmm. You take Makes people sense. who could have been enemies and you have made them friends family. or family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's and, what I did. That's what I did. <laughs> you increased your territory. You increased your territory. <laughs> Uh, yeah, your bowels were really strange. <laughs> your bowels were really strange. Talk about yeah, we hectic hectakers and uh, yeah, yeah, we, we <laughs> yeah, there was <laughs> about wanted, feeding I, rights and uh-huh. about like hunting mineral and, mineral. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I, you know, probably the concept that has shaken traditional marriage throughout history, even more so than same sex marriage has been the idea that people could marry for love. Yeah. And the Still reason... Still not a thing. Still not a thing. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, for some people. <laughs> some people it's not. But it's that idea that you could marry for love is a relatively new concept that only wow. began in like the last... Or the end of the 1700s, early 1800s. Right. Wow. And that's Bef- amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, think about it. for our 300,000 year history of humans. Yeah. And it's mating. A couple hundred, few hundred, 300. Right. That's been for love. That we thought you could marry somebody for love. You could choose somebody on your own and marry them for love. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's and- so many interesting show, uh, shows about matchmaking uh, out yeah. there. Like on Netflix, you see these matchmaking shows. And I remember watching one. And thinking, oh my God, how archaic and 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 offensive, and and then I started to watch them, and I was like, oh, it's like, <laughs> it's like, is this any like, how is this better or worse than going on on Tinder? You know what I mean? It's yeah, like there's, yeah. the, it's a you know, and in, in my way of getting into a monogamous relationship was to. This was back when I was drinking, but I would wait for the bar to close and whoever was left, we'd go home together and then we'd date for four years. <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and now it's, oh God, I watched my younger friends with a, a Tinder. My God, it just seems like a nightmare because yeah. nobody wants to commit. There's always, you can always swipe left again or swipe right again or whatever way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's always grass is greener, you know, so nobody is able to, nobody commits to anything. Nobody wants to work through anything. Right. And all these matchmakers on these shows are like, look, there's no perfect match. You've got to compromise, you know? Yeah. It's like, wow, having a matchmaker say that is kind of. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I, all I'm yeah. saying is there's no good way to, we have not figured this out. And the fact that you right. say it's so new makes, it makes total sense. We're yeah. Just, it's only, only I mean, 200 years. Yeah. So. No wonder there's a 60% divorce rate. <laughs> what do we know about anything? I mean, we're sending out Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve emails. Yeah. You know, we're <laughs> idiots. <laughs> well, you know, uh, very good points. Uh, but but yeah, that's why people were so afraid of marriage for love, because mm-hmm. they said love because you don't know. You can't trust love. <laughs> love it, love it doesn't exist. It's yeah. it's it's not a, it's not a thing. It's a yeah, it's a concept. It's a it's a spiritual modality. I right. Guess. And I, it I, waxes and wanes. And mm-hmm. so traditionally what people thought uh, throughout history was, you know, we're you're getting married so that <laughs> to bring wealth to your family. Right. You know, that makes a lot more sense than love. Yeah. Than swiping yeah. right. And and I think even in like there's certain cultures, I think, for arranged marriages, like in India, yeah. where people who still uh, do arranged marriage, it's like first we'll get married, then we'll fall in love. 
<laughs> so you we'll know, work it. We'll work it out. We'll right. work it out. Right. Yeah. It's amazing, uh, you know, because people. What is it that? I mean. The idea, I know there are some uh, studies where uh, I, from that, I read that book Blink, you know, yeah. where things happen in a moment. And, and one of the studies that's mentioned in there is um, this, these uh, sociologists who can tell, they can interview each member of the couple and within like seven seconds or 15 seconds, yeah. some ungodly short period of time, they can predict very accurately whether that couple's going to stay together or divorce. Really? Yeah, just based oh. on a couple of things. <laughs> oh no! Isn't oh, that no. crazy? That I'll try to crazy. find that. Uh, find okay. that. I have it here somewhere. Anyway. Yeah, but it, um, isn't that incredible? Yeah, that is incredible. Oh, that's it. But yeah, I mean, it's they can um, just tell by facial reactions to each other. Like it's very, um, yeah, they can. They're 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 very accurate. Uncanny. Yeah. I wonder if they tell the people like, oh, well. I don't know. Would you want to know? <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to know. I just knew look. you and Mary were going to go. I knew. Really? Yep. Yeah. The first one, not so much. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't, I didn't know. I didn't you know, know one way or another. It, the first one to. I was hoping. Yeah. The second one I knew. I'm always, uh, I'm kind of the same way. My MO was like, uh, you <laughs> spend the night once and then you move in and yeah. you're together for Three or four years. Yeah. If, if she'll take me, I'll stay. Yeah. I'm, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like a, a stray alley cat. Yeah. Just comes in there as long I mean, as I, I immediately start washing dishes. <laughs> I do things to, you know. Well, he's not actually so bad. nice. Why don't you come stay at the, our place? <laughs> yeah. Give us always, some extra time. For you young men out there, always um, wash the dishes. <laughs> you want to hang out, <laughs> wash those dishes. Uh, and make the bed. They love oh, it. Oh, oh, yeah. You make yeah, the bed. I made the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They always don't... criticize you. They don't like it the way you yeah. made it, but that doesn't matter. That <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter. You make the attempt, and then you yeah. listen to them go, not like that. You got to put the big pillows in the back or whatever oh, yeah. they're, you know. Yeah. Mary's big into it. hospital corners, and I just can't do them. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. That's tough. How did yeah. she learn that? Her mom. She Her mom oh. passed it on. That's Jesus. another cultural, oh <laughs> cultural God. thing passed down. I can down do from... hospital corners. I can, but yeah. it's not, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you just got to do I it. feel like I'm being held down in the bed. Right. I always have to undo them. I need my feet right. to be out. My feet need to have air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, hospital corners belong in a hospital. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say. You yeah. Know, when you're can't keeping move around. typhoid fever yeah. inside the sheets. Right. Right. Yeah. Not in the bedroom at your house. No, not in the bedroom. I'm going to send Mm-mm. around an email mm-hmm. <laughs> to everybody when you get this. I don't even know how you do those hospital corners because you got that big sex swing hanging there. Like, how do you, what do you, what do you lasso that away? And how do you get in exactly. there? Exactly. We'll put a picture of that up on the, on the, yeah. so blur it out. Blur me out when you do it. That's the only shot I have. Uh, Stephanie Kuntz, who's a writer and historian, says in her book, Marriage a History, that people in the 1700s were completely worried about people marrying for love. And the Hmm. reason was, is they thought it would lead to rampant individualism. Mm -hmm. And And it did. Yeah, it did. Right. (laughs) Now here we are. Yeah. (laughs) Conservatives at that time thought that the pursuit of happiness which is in the Declaration of Independence, but in in marriage, it meant the pursuit of happiness by marrying somebody that you love. Uh, 
would undermine the social and moral order of society. I agree. (laughs) I am 100%. Because look what's happened with our individuality. Now we all just do FaceTime shows, you know, or whatever. Now we're just taking pictures of ourselves all the time. Yeah. It all starts with you marrying somebody you love instead of being told who to marry by your dad. What do you know? What do you know about (laughs) what you want? Yeah. That's the way they saw it. It was too important for lovers, the young people, lovers, to make their own decisions. I agree. I didn't know how to wipe my ass at 20. (laughs) What what did I know about anything? I didn't get married till 30. Yeah. But even then. Even then, I was like two years sober. Oh my God. Yeah. I hang out with people who are two years sober now, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. what was I thinking? Yeah. Don't getting sober is one of the hardest things in the world. You don't need to be throwing a new relationship. No, <laughs> God, no. But you got nothing else to do but have hmm. sex. Yeah. Taking yeah. away everything. All that nervous energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just go walking around. What'd you do? You got a uh you got a piercing, right? Then you go Yeah, I got my nipple get... pierced. <laughs> That's what I did in my first six months of being sober. Somebody told me to go out and meditate on the beach. I meditated for about three seconds and then walked into a tattoo parlor in Venice and got my nipple pierced. Should that person be deciding who to marry? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a little too spontaneous. That's a little too spontaneous. I was just a nut job. Yeah. Um, So a lot of anxiety about marrying for love then. And I would say even marrying uh, same-sex marriage now, it stems from somebody, an individual's worldview. And we'll get into what a worldview is uh, when we do our episode episode on culture, which I think it's coming up. And Excellent. and we'll get into what culture is and how culture works and what yeah. worldviews are. And that, I think it's, yeah, it's coming up, but it's... Yeah. That's for hardcore intro to anthro fans. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a tough one. Yeah. We lock you in a room. We don't let you pee. <laughs> yeah. And we just go to town on culture. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's for people that like follow this show around during the summer, you know, uh-huh. get in the bus and follow it around. <laughs> Wait, two human heads. That? Two human heads <laughs> out there. Real sure nerds. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so well, but briefly, I want to talk about it now uh, okay. because it has a lot to do with how people see marriage and what is it. You're going to right discuss culture, but you're doing it in a nine point font, right? You're just you're <laughs> given a nine point right now. Well, Later, it, it, when you do a full episode on culture, it's going to be a bold sixteen point font. You know what I mean? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> is that really what do people say that? <laughs> no. Is that a TV mm-hmm. term? No, no, no. Give it to me in a nine point font. <laughs> I did have somebody give me notes on a script and say, could you make it 17% funnier? Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Some odd number like that. I was like, what? Is he serious? They, do you think they were screwing with you? I, or is I that, did they figure it out? I was like, are they trying to be funny? Like, what was it? Do they have a program for that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just, that little Some sliding machine. bar. <laughs> Why not make it a hundred percent every time? Yeah, yeah. If you could do seventy yeah, percent funny, do twenty-seven. Do yeah, <laughs> double the funny. <laughs> right. uh, so anyway, researchers B.J. Walsh and J.R. Middleton say that worldviews answer four questions. They answer who we are, where are we, why are we suffering, and what is the remedy? Oh boy. 
I can yeah. answer those, but <laughs> Just I don't want it. JR and BJ to not have a career. Uh, in 1997, uh, in an article called uh, Different Worldviews, Different Morals, America's Cultural Divide, sociologist Lynn Arnett Jensen said that there are basically two worldviews in this country. Oh, she said that there, there are those whose worldview tends towards orthodoxy and those whose worldview tends towards progressivism. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And Keep it the said, same or change it. Right. And she said that these two groups have very different understandings of the basis of morality. Mm. And those who have an orthodox worldview believe that morality was given to humans by a higher authority. Okay. In other words, given to us by, by God. Yes. And those with a progressivist worldview, on the other hand, see human involvement and agency in creating our moral rules and beliefs. Well, yeah, but <clears throat> what about the mix? You know, like yeah. the Jews believe uh, God gave us wheat, but humans make the bread. We co-create right. together. Right. Which I, I like that. To me, yeah, I think it could be a combination of the two. Like, mm -hmm. I don't see how one is necessarily, I mean, but. That's She's just saying those are view. two major groups. Yeah. This is two, the big division. And then there's lots of subdivisions right. underneath there. There's, yeah. Okay. There's overlap. Right. And she says that it's the division between these two worldviews, the orthodox worldview and the mm. progressivist worldview that causes our cultural wars. I, I totally agree. Yeah. And yeah. we're seeing that. I mean, this was written in 1997, but we're seeing that still today. Yes. And it's probably been that way for the last 500 years. Mm -hmm. Honestly, all right. I'm getting <clears throat> nervous about where you're taking us on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Just bear with me. Bear all right, me. Jesus. Yeah, and to better understand how worldviews influence morality and how morality affects worldviews, Jensen interviewed people from both the orthodox worldview and the progressivist worldview. Okay, and what she found was that the orthodox interviewees all spoke of the ethic of divinity. And that was that God had created humans and God has a plan for humans. And if you live in accordance with God's plan, you'll be rewarded. And if you don't follow God's plan, you'll be punished. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. And I'm, I'm familiar. <laughs> okay. Please, <laughs> please stop me if you disagree with anything. No, uh -uh. I'm with you. And the progressivists, on the other hand, re reject the view that a higher authority has directly revealed its will to God or to, to humans. And they felt that it was up to humans to create their own morality. Mm -hmm. And she said that humans will formulate their morality through a number of different ways. Some will do it through science and some will do it through personal experience. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, but again, for progressivists, it's very black and white though. I just yeah. feel like there's so much in between there. There's yeah. so much wiggle room. That's free again, will, it, you know, yeah. um, it just, I mean, just to throw one Right thing in there. I mean, and, I, and I know. think it's to me like if you have a mix, then you can kind of understand a little bit. There, there's some agreement. There's some give in there. You know and what I, I mean? I feel like that's where most of us are. And so yeah. you know, but but the I get what she's saying. The, the the concept is is that we we see the world as if there are two worldviews. One is this. One is atheism. One is um, right. theism. And yeah. Even though yeah. there's lots of mixing and crossover, that's the way we kind of can, if we had to group everybody into two groups, that's what we would do. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. 
And so what she says, though, is the people she interviewed with the Orthodox worldview, when they looked to marriage, they saw uh, they went to the scriptures. They went to the Old Testament. They went to the mm-hmm. New Testament. And and they say, uh, again, this is because it was given by a higher power. And because they saw a hierarchy in the scriptures, for example, between God and humans and mm-hmm. between Jesus and the church, they thought husband and wife. Should, right. There should also be that same hierarchy in the marriage. Yes. Yes. The husband's the leader, the husband's the provider, and the wife is the nurturer, and the wife is the, the follower. Well, it's in one of the epistles, right? One of the uh, was a it's one of the apostles brings that up, like that woman worships man, man worships God. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't subscribe. Yeah, no, <laughs> neither do I. But we're talking about we're talking about the whole conceptual framework yeah. here. This this is our last podcast. I can yeah. tell. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Just bear with me. Uh, progressivists, uh, on the other hand, had a more egalitarian view of marriage. Yeah, and where the husband and wife are equal and mm-hmm. having mutual respect for each other, and each one contributing to the marriage, and you know whether or not you subscribe to this worldview or whichever worldview you subscribe, you could see where someone from the Orthodox worldview would make the statement, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Yes. Yes, I do. So because it's all based on scripture and it's all about hierarchy. Yes. And mm-hmm. if you have two Adams. <laughs> yeah. If you have an Adam and a Steve, who's in charge? <laughs> right. Right. Yes. yes. Or if you have like two, like Adam and Eve are both, co-leaders or both Mm -hmm. Mm co-nurturers or maybe eve is like the provider and adam is the guy the nurturer you know what i mean i would love that that sounds fantastic (laughs) that does sound (laughs) but but again it's it causes confusion in that in that hierarchy for Mm -hmm. that worldview yes and nothing makes humans angrier than confusion yes That boy, did I learn that when my first, uh, (laughs) the first show I sold, we had the pilot, we went to test the pilot Yeah, and you go into these little room, these, these, it's like a little theater and they bring in like a hundred people and they give each of them a, a a controller. Yeah. And if they, and they watch the pilot and if they think it's funny, they turn the dial up. And if they think it's, if they don't like it, they turn the dial down. And if they would change the channel, they hit the red button. And, and then they're out. And so you're in, you're in behind a two yeah. a one way mirror and you're watching them and it's, you know, you see your whole, everything you've worked on, you know, yeah. just up to these people and, um, and, and you just see them and, and you have a graph of each yeah. person and oh, they're going no. up and down, up no, and down. And no, when they hit no. the red button, they just drop out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just horrible. <laughs> And they turn and a ninety nine point nine percent of the time they hit the red button or turn down when they don't understand. We hate to not understand. Yeah. We hate yeah. it. Yeah, it's not entertain. It's not fun to no. not understand. We get angry. Like right. the confusion Why is leads that to funny? anger. Yeah, he said nipples, but it didn't have anything to do with anything. You're like, well, yeah. it's just funny. No, it's not because yeah. I don't follow it. Logic police. Were were they getting paid? Were those people? Yeah, they or? they were like tourists and stuff. When you come out to L.A., they, they'll they'll they, you'll see guys handing you free passes. 
come see a TV show for, you know, and you get, yeah, yeah. one of the people in the testing room, cause I'm looking at all the people. Cause I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ, each one of these people represents like 10 million Americans or whatever. Right. Right. And one guy was asleep and I pointed <laughs> to the woman. I said, I pointed at him. I'm like, he's asleep. He's asleep. And so they go. And so she goes out, they said, she sends yeah. one of the people out and wakes him up. But this is the show is already screening. So yeah. now you've got like a security guy waking up this person and now everybody <laughs> else is looking at him. So they're not paying attention. It's it flat lighting. It's it, was, yeah, it was the worst experience. I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. And you know what? They always have good food. Really? Whenever there's good fake <clears throat> catering, you know, you're getting ripped off. That's a lesson to the, yeah. to the people out there. I mean, in hindsight, the security guard could have gone out and just turned it up to funny. Exactly. Just turned it all the way just up. Just let me don't take his plate. Yeah, don't yeah. wake him up. Just crank that thing. Don't hit the red button. <laughs> I worked on, you know, that show for VH1, and we yeah. had a, a paid audience in there. Yeah. And uh, and it was usually like Russian immigrants or uh, or uh, drug addicts. That yeah. would uh, go yeah. to the agency to be paid. Yep. And uh, silence. 150 people's salaries are depending <laughs> on these people. Yeah, I know. And just <laughs> silence. Silence for hours of like episode that, you know, could you do multiple <sighs> episodes? Yeah. Silence, silence, silence. And then after about, it, it was like being on a flight. They'd suddenly get all like nerve, you know, they had to stand up and then suddenly they start clapping and everything. So some episodes were like really loud. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Uh, so. Stephanie Kunso, just going back, she says that almost every marital and sexual arrangement we have seen in recent years, however startling it may appear, has been tried somewhere before. Mm, I totally agree with that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything, same-sex marriage, you know, Listen, polygamy. I tried everything, all right? <laughs> it all, at some point, somebody's yeah. got to get up to make the coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, save it for the memoir. Don't, don't <laughs> give it away here. Don't give away those teasers. Uh, and so, you know, one thing you and I have seen um, by doing this podcast is that humans do a lot of different things. Yes. And anytime you make these blanket statements about what what it should be or what humans do, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm making a blanket statement now about it. About yeah. It. But but anytime you say that, you're just sending yourself up for people to say bullshit. You know yep. what about such and such? Yep, it's true. Yeah. So, but one thing: every culture in the world has an incest taboo. Oh boy, <laughs> it's 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 a cultural universal. Meaning every culture in the world has a taboo about incest. Yes, which makes total sense hmm. until yeah. Game of Thrones. But I never watched Game there of Thrones. There were tons of incest in Game was of there? Thrones. Yes. It's the craziest well, thing. Um, well, here's the thing. The incest taboo usually tells us whom we can have sex with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the anthropologists Gary Ferraro and Susan Andreata say incest taboos tell us who is out of bounds. Right. So, and marriage, formalized marriage, helps tell us or like kind of uh it helps set that taboo it tell it sets those boundaries yes marriage does it helps yes. formalize uh the the incest taboo that's interesting yeah and but most of it they they have the most common incest taboo is 
between relationships or sex between people within the same nuclear family. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are, you know, there's other incest taboo. In other words, so that each culture has a different interpretation or different uh, definition of what family is, meaning mm-hmm. what those boundaries are. Mm-hmm. But almost all of them have within the nuclear, the nuclear. family. Yeah. Yeah. For God's sake. Um, and then there are also some who, you know, you can't marry first cousins. Right. For example. Yeah. Although in my family, my extended family, I'm, you know, <laughs> there's some gray area there. Yeah. I think there's still a few states that say. Yeah, we're from Kansas. Okay. So, <laughs> um, Charles Darwin actually was married to his first cousin. Jesus, uh, Chuck. What was yeah. he thinking? <laughs> Named Emma Wedgwood. And he always, because he had written an article about like uh, inbreeding among animals and about what it does to uh, the, the gene you know, pool. He didn't know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he always thought that he was always a little apprehensive of the fact that he'd married his first cousin because I guess they had t- 10 children and three of them died before they were age 10. Yeah, but that was true for everybody at that right. time. Right. But he also, some of them that had survived in relationships were having trouble uh, producing children as well. Oh, interesting. Well, so yeah, that he was something married that his he, cousin. Yeah. Uh, and then also, Kuntz says that in the 6th century, the Catholic Church started preaching against marrying a brother's widow, which is... Marry, okay. All we right. talked about it in the yeah. Rubber's Rhythm and Rings episode. About yeah. Leverett marriage. Right. Right. Yeah. I, okay. I, I yeah. That, that, I mean, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. I am, I, I, my, if I died, I'm, you're saying if I died and my brother's wife died, him marrying my wife would be weird. Right. Yeah. I right. think that, yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'm with that taboo. Remember, it was it was a way to maintain that alliance, though. Yes, that alliance that had been created. Yes, that makes sense because if the yeah, if the older brother is married to the oldest daughter of two kings, right, right, and they bring the kingdom together, and the oldest brother dies in battle, the families are separated, especially if they haven't had children, right. So you'd have the next brother up go marry the. the daughter on the other side to keep, keep things kosher. Right. Exactly. And that's what Henry the eighth, uh, actually, uh, Catherine of Aragon was first married to Henry the eighth's brother, Arthur, who was older and he died. And then Arthur died and Henry the eighth had to go marry Catherine of Aragon to maintain that. And actually, you know, my, um, my great grandparents, <laughs> my, my great grandparents, uh, my great grandfather was married to a woman and had a, uh, one baby and then she passed away and then her family made her, her sister marry my great grandfather. Wow. And that was in the late 1800, 1890. Where was this in America? Yeah. In Kansas and Indiana. Like the family wow. was back in Indiana and uh-huh. they, they said, Hey, we don't want to break up, lose mm-hmm. control of the grandchild. Mm-hmm. You have to go marry your sister's. Mm-hmm. Husband or widow. Yeah. Because yeah. it was so much also just not, it had nothing to do with love in many, right. many ways. It was about uh, procre- procreation and about like running the farms and all right. of that. Like, right. you know, they probably knew that he needed help keeping the grandkids alive and running the yeah. farm and or whatever. 
Yeah, exactly. God. I always felt that that was unfair to my great grandmother. I mean, yes. she said that she Hell yes. eventually learned to love my great Jesus. But, but it wasn't Word like that love. was her sister's husband. You know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't like somebody Man. she chose. One year yeah. you're opening up Christmas presents with them, and the next year, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, in the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church actually expanded the definition of family and said that you it was incest to marry in-laws, the kin of godparents or godchildren. Jesus. The relative of someone you had once had sexual intercourse with. What? What is it? I'm not following. You're not so, allowed to have marriage. You're not allowed to marry somebody when you had... Yeah, if what? you had had sex with somebody. <laughs> okay. You couldn't later marry her sister <laughs> because oh, that would be considered incest. Incest. Oh, incest yeah. Okay, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, it was also forbidden to marry a relative of someone you had previously promised to marry, but had not married. <laughs> oh <laughs> so, wow, that's just a bad idea in general. Yeah, yeah. move on. Yeah, move I, on. But you see, kind of that last example, you see how maybe it's a way, like these incest taboos are a way to kind of keep the harmony in a family. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, yeah, if you marry somebody who you had promised her sister, you would marry her. Yeah. I mean, that oh would like really God. disturb the family. Yeah. That's not going to, uh uh, that's not going to go over well. Right. Um, also, you know, in some cultures throughout history, they've there have been examples of siblings marrying. And usually people talk about in Egypt, the pharaoh would marry his sister or like wow. think in ancient uh, Peru, the Incans royal wow. family could marry sister. And again, it was a way to avoid uh, succession problems or like uh -huh. inheritance problems. So in other uh -huh. words, instead of having the <laughs> the the heirs try Battling. to kill each other, uh-huh. you would marry have, him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But again, it's it's not love or it's not no. religious purpose. It's about keeping the property together. Yes. Keeping the economics together. My God. Yeah. And and it's and that was the way it was. Yeah. It's only yeah. recently that we've got the we got to send him flowers on Valentine's Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Think about it. So uh, bizarre. Yeah, pros and cons. Pros yeah. and cons. Yeah. Uh, there's also some cultures where they make a dif dif uh, distinction between parallel cousins and cross cousins. What? So, so a parallel cousin would be the offspring of your mother's sister. Wait a minute. Slow down. Okay. Offspring of my mother's sister. Okay. That's or a your cousin. father's brother. Okay, those are parallel. Those are parallel cousins. Uh huh. Cross cousins would be the offspring of your mother's brother. Oh right. Or your I father's see. sister. Okay, right. Aren't those called like once removed or something? I never understood that yeah. second cousin versus once removed. Anyway. Yeah. But okay, I, that's okay. You're getting into the weeds there. But yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, so just don't it, marry within the that group. Go outside well, the, the, the group. Well, the thing is, they say parallel cousins are considered members of your immediate family. So mm. your mother's yeah. uh, uh, children from your mother's sister would be mm -hmm. considered like your brother and sister as well. Yeah, okay. Even though they're your cousin, but right. they consider your yeah. brother and sister. They're your first cousins, and they're, and yeah, that makes right. sense. Okay. But the offspring, the children of your uh, mother's brother. Uh -huh. would be considered your cousin. They're your cross cousin. 
and therefore you can marry them. If Jesus. You want. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting <laughs> that it follows the matriarchal line. Yeah. The matriarchal line is okay, but once you go down the male line, it's it it it's now suddenly okay. Yeah, and we, not okay. I mean, or wait, is okay to marry? Yeah, we'll we'll have to do it. I mean, because this is like this is nine point five font. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes, We're, but yeah. it's all about lineage, and so mm-hmm. some pl- people trace some cultures trace lineage through the the father. It's patrilineal, and some mm. trace it through the mother. Yes, and a lot of Native American cultures here mm-hmm. in North America are matrilineal so they trace it through the mother's lineage and and the jews are matrilineal are, are they really yeah. are well they? you're if your mother's jewish then you're jewish okay but if your father's jewish and your mother isn't jewish then you're not jewish it goes through the the women wow mm-hmm. so that's kind of but yeah. they trace the line, the lineage is coming through the father though, yes right? right but the uh the the tribal the judaism the tribe yeah. side is yeah isn't that wild? Interesting. Interesting. Um, and so anthropologists have tried to come up with some of the reasons why you know, every culture has this incest taboo. Yeah. And one of the reasons they say is uh, they come up with a couple of theories. One's the natural aversion theory. And that is, it says that people who have grown up together have a natural aversion to mating with one another. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they always go back to uh, there was a study done in the 60s about children that were brought up in a kibbutz mm-hmm. in Israel. And they yeah. weren't biologically uh, related, but they found that they really didn't want to have sex with each other. Yeah, you know too much. Yeah. You know, it, there's no mystery. There's no nothing. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. I know that <laughs> there, are, there have been theater companies I've worked with, though, where... <laughs> Everybody's having sex with everybody. Yeah. So I don't but, know. But we come in later. We come yeah. in later. <laughs> but yeah, that's my theory of college. If college, if, if the undergraduate college was eight years long, everybody yeah. would have sex with everybody by the end of graduation. <laughs> Every single person. I always, you know, that's one of the reasons for online, which I love online dating. That's how I met Mary. Was I know. that I was, I was able coach. to. Yeah, you were. I was my your coach. wingman. Your wingman. <laughs> you got me on there. I know. I'm not into. I signed you media. up. Yeah, I forced you. Uh, but the thing was to try to go meet people who weren't within our same group yes. of, of yeah. friends and about people we had worked with, and mm. then come to find out Mary even has friends who went to Northwestern. Of course, <laughs> who knows? Because everybody. we're all connected. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you so, gave up i mean you went through yeah. different phases you went through a phase where oh, this was amazing and then you went yeah. through a phase of i can't do this anymore i'm right, quitting right and then you took a break and then you know i, I cajoled, yeah. cajoled you others you decided go back on and then boom mary came in right right that was amazing best thing ever happened in my life thank yep. you thank, thank you. you and i should be <laughs> i feel like i should be I don't know, rewarded for that in some oh, monetary oh way. <laughs> what kind of I world? was a matchmaker. Matchmakers yeah. get paid. What kind I of world view shekels. are you from? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of crazy worldview are you going <sighs> Observe the taboo, the friendship taboo. <laughs> uh, the, other <laughs> the other thing is uh, – the inbreeding theory, which oh, is boy. like, well, people don't, you know, the incest taboo is there to keep people from inbreeding. The only thing, though, is that um, 
inbreeding we had that taboo before people knew about genetic inbreeding exactly it's sort of like saying the reason that people kept kosher was because uh pork spoil spoil you know trichinosis or whatever would yeah. you know and that and that doesn't track because people didn't know they it took right. a long time you know yeah so yeah uh, the other one's the family disruption theory, and that is if uh, if sons and daughters mated with moms and dads, this would create competition within the social group, and and then people would, would know there would be role ambiguity. Like you would yeah. know, like, hey, are you my brother, my dad? Yeah. Are you? Yes. <clears throat> God, are you my uncle yeah. or my brother? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Who's giving me gifts at Christmas and who's not giving me gifts at Christmas? <laughs> Who has the keys to the car? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Who's paying when we go to the football game? Who's paying for everything? Yeah. My dad, my brother, my <laughs> yeah. son, I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. And uh, but, but, you know, the anthropologist Conrad Kotak says that in primates – he kind of supports this uh, family disruption theory. He says in primates, adolescent male monkeys and female apes will usually leave their home group when it's mm. time to go mate. Interesting. Yeah. And they start a new a, a new group or They'll they, go, do they be, return? They get adopted into another group. Wow. So they go out and mate into another group. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And, uh, you know, it, it reduces incest. It's like, but it's he, like moving to a new city where nobody right. knows who you are. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Start over. I'm starting mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. um, but he says that some DNA shows that like male monkeys <laughs> have had sex with their mothers. Oh, so there, God. there's always that possibility. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, finally, the this is kind of the one that I think is probably the most convincing for me uh, is the theory of expanding social alliances. And and again, we've talked about it already. But if you marry or breed within your own group there's no advantage to that you're not bringing anything to new to the group yes and that's it it's not you uh, the the family reunions are really really boring <laughs> yeah, it's you know small. you save money it's small yeah yeah you save money i remember when jennifer came to the first lear reunion yeah. And boy, she was the belle of the ball because they all wanted to meet her. You know, finally, we had something. Whenever anybody brought somebody else new, it was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's a, like Mary has her family here in New Mexico. There's so many. They're originally from here. And there's so many branches of it. Like she'll run into cousins. Like we, we saw one of her cousins working at CVS. And Mary hadn't even known. She was like, hey, what are you, you know. Wow. My cousin's working at CVS. And but, then, it's just, but you're the interesting element. Yeah. It's like, here's John. Yeah. They had yeah. me uh, MC their family reunion. Oh, my God. I would have loved <laughs> to have been there for that. I bet you were fantastic. It was fun. It was very fun. But, um, So... Again, it's this idea of wanting to protect our alliances, our economic power, expand yeah. our economic power, yeah. which probably make it bigger rather than yeah. make it keep it the same or make it smaller. Right. That makes sense. And there's different types in anthropology. They identify different types of marriage. Uh, endogamy, for example, is marriage w within your with a dog. Group. With a dog. <laughs> no, I never, I never oh. noticed that. I was. I'm going <laughs> to send that so off to in dog in dogamy. Endogamy? Endogamy. Okay. So ogamy, like marriage, like monogamy. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. or, or or bigamy, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. 
but this is endogamy. So in meaning within your group. Wow, Jesus. Yeah, yeah within yeah. Your, your kin group. So you'll see, for example, certain ethnic groups uh, or, you know, different religious groups will, will say, we can only get married to other members of this group. So they're trying not to, you know, get outside influences. Okay, gotcha. Uh, the and and Ferraro and Andreata actually say in this country we also have something called class endogamy, meaning that we usually only marry people from our own social class, and who have the same educational background we do. Hmm. Okay. So even though we can all marry whoever we want. Right. Generally, rich people will marry rich people yes. and poor people will marry poor people. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> and uh, the other one is exogamy, which is when you marry outside your king group. And this is usually what most people do. It's also the reasons why kings in the old days used to marry off their daughters, marry off their sons. It's also why, uh, you know, kings would take many wives. Like if you if you want to go to the Old Testament, you have Abraham, David, King Solomon. Mm, right. All had multiple wives. The yeah. reason was not because they just in love loved everybody. It was more that it, with each marriage you would form another alliance. Yes. Yes. You're like a tribal leader, basically. Right. right. And uh King Solomon was supposed to have had seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. That's insane. <laughs> Somebody hype. Somebody added a zero by accident at some point. <laughs> Seven, I mean, just imagine the oh. uh, the anniversary cards. Oh. <laughs> like that's like two anniversary cards oh. every day, forever. Jesus, forever. More, more than that. Oh, I can't imagine having more than one partner. That just sounds horrid. <laughs> yeah, me too. It, it doesn't just sound sounds exhausting. Oh, everybody's got something they, they yeah, want to somebody, do. Wait, and, what? What's yeah. wrong? Yeah. What did I do? Uh, what I, didn't I, do? Make your, I didn't make your bed right. Wait. What? But uh, the dishwasher, I didn't do the dishwasher. I did it. I did it. Oh, that was at the other. Okay. There's 30 of your wives are here to complain about you. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, the other thing that was kind of interesting is historically it, it was seen as unseemly to, to love your wife. Because mm. your wife, love was associated with lust. And so uh -huh. you weren't supposed to love your wife. It wasn't respectful. Right. It was like right. you, 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 you lessened the value of, of the relationship by making it just about, you know what? I get that. I get that. Because the se the sex is important. Yeah. But it's yeah. just a small component to what it means uh, to yeah. be intimate with somebody, you know? And, and yeah, that makes sense. But if you're just but all think, you want to do is, you know, just, you know, hit that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what was your why? I mean, you would still go out these, you know, back in the Middle Ages and back in Roman times, yeah. they would still go out and have mistresses like you. You would go out and have a, a mistress who you would have sex with. But you mm. for your wife, it was like that would be. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, that sounds like something just concocted by a bunch of guys who want to have sex with lots of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, honey. No. <laughs> well, well, also that would be has beneath to do you with the uh, the idea that you know people had up until probably the beginning of the 20th century is that women didn't have sexual urges or didn't have a sex right, drive, right. You know, so yeah. it was like you get yeah. to, to hysteria and they, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bunch of guys, yeah, figuring um, stupid shit, yeah. stupid yeah. theories. 
Uh, Elizabeth Abbott in her book uh, notes that the Roman philosopher Seneca uh, once said that nothing is more impure than to love one's wife as if she were a mistress. Wow. Yeah. That's a guy who's saying I need to have a mistress. Yeah. To me. (laughs) Saying, look, I, honey, I don't want, I I wouldn't put you through that. I love you too much to not cheat on you. Yeah. This, I'm doing this for you. Yeah, I'm this is, this yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> exactly. You should be thanking me for yeah, doing that. Yeah. And, and there was also, you know, the adultery, it was like adultery was acceptable for men, mm-hmm. but not acceptable not for, for women. women. Yeah. 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 One yeah. of millions and millions of double standards. Right. Uh, and then uh, let's see, what else do we have? Um in 164 BC, a Roman senator was actually expelled from the Senate for kissing his wife in front of his daughter. <laughs> that was no, even his own. God. It, well, it, 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 yeah, I agree with that. My daughter well, doesn't want to see that. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> She's like, no, no. They no affection. Want, no yeah. affection at all. It was my son's birthday today. And I said, yeah. you know, uh, I was I was talking. I, I wasn't being prurient in any way, but I was saying yeah. your mother and I made you. And they were just, no, no, yeah. no. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know about that. You don't want to know. About <laughs> no, they don't want to know. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in her um, history of marriage, Stephanie Kuntz uh talks about how, you know, everybody always refers back to this golden age of traditional marriage mm-hmm. of when was the golden age of traditional marriage. Yeah. And they, they, they talk about it as if it was back in this mythical past, right? You know, right. It wasn't, <laughs> no, 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 no. You and, read the, you read the, you read the history and it's, it was not pleasant. Yeah. yeah there was divorce. There was people. I mean, there was a time where people, oh. you just get married by a vow of intent. If people just oh. said we're married, it didn't matter where it was. It didn't have to be in a church. didn't have to be by, you know, with a license. You just said, Hey, we're married. And people had to accept that. Even the church had to accept that. Wow. Vow of intent. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, and she says that, you know, really this idea of the traditional marriage where you have a a male breadwinner who goes off to work every morning and a Mm -hmm. female homemaker who stays Mm -hmm. home to take Mm -hmm. care of the house really only goes back to a period, two decades between 1950 and 1970. And by the way, <laughs> everybody was on pills yeah. and unhappy yeah. and, and it was terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Oh. And she says that that really, you know, it, it was a reaction, that idea of trying to promote this traditional marriage. Man goes mm-hmm. off to mm-hmm. take care of the wife. And the beavers. Exactly. Leave it to yeah. beaver. Yeah. She said that that was a result of the two decades that had come before where the 30s you had the hmm. depression. Yeah. Where families were being broken apart and yes. suddenly dad couldn't get a job and mom right. had to like start doing sewing and had yes. to, you know, yeah, bake pies or whatever it was. Yeah. And then you had World War II where people were going off to war. Right. And, and it yeah. And it women being, were building the airplanes and the bombs and, and everything. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, another thing that happens when you go off to war is like the people that are home, they may have relationships again with people that are there, or mm. even the people who are deployed may have relationships. Yes. And don't and, forget about the roaring 20s. Yeah. When everybody it, was banging everybody. <laughs> exactly. Free for all. <laughs> yeah. It's like the 70s. 
Right. I yeah, because it, it, again, it was uh, a lot of women's rights came about in the twenties, mm, like yeah. not only the, the, the ability to vote or the right to vote, mm. but also you had women going to college more and yeah. women starting their own careers. Mm-hmm. Um, drinking. Yeah. A lot of drinking. drinking. Um, so again, when we talk about this traditional, this age of traditional marriage, <laughs> really it's such a, just a there is finite none. period. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because you peel back anything and you realize yeah. that our our conception of what it is is just not the case yeah. at all. It just falls apart. Yeah. And here marriages is this this thing that, that that we think is the fabric of our society. We look at it the fabric of our society, and yet when you kind of pull those fibers apart and look at it closely, there's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's I don't know. It's this idealized version of it. You know what I mean? It's like you have to not look. uh, You don't want to see the truth of it. Right. We can't we can't handle the truth. Right. Right. And there were, you know, divorce rates like there. People were getting divorced in in the 1700s. There was divorce during the colonial period. Yeah. Um, It was very hard sometimes for women to get divorced in, in the 19th century, in the 1800s, because women had to show abuse. They had mm-hmm. to show that they were being abandoned or abused. Mm-hmm. Um, men, all they had to show was that the wife was, oh, she's adulterous. I'll just get mm-hmm. divorced from her for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, you know, prior to the 1950s, like 1930s, everybody in the family had to work. Right. You know, to, to right. make it. Right. And if you see photos of taken in the tenements of New York in the 20s or early 1900s, you see the whole family sitting around the table doing piecework, little kids and the mother, they're all sewing or they're mm-hmm. all putting together little paper flowers. And uh, it was because everybody had to pitch in. You couldn't have just one guy do it. And dad would go off. <laughs> He'd probably get his arms yanked off at the factory or something. Right. And then what do you do? You know, all the right. kids have to go steal some fruit from a push cart or something. Yeah. You know? Which is hard because um, uh, those push those guys pushing those push cards they have a good eye. Exactly. The key to um, stealing fruit from a push cart is you create yeah. a distraction. Ah. Yeah. Look over there and then grab a pair and run like hell. <laughs> this is more. We're getting into some practical knowledge. This is practical training, survival yeah. training. Right out in the field. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know this. The 50s also coincided with television and with consumer culture. Right. And so what what did you see on television at that time? You the idealized seeing, version. Yeah. One person's version. And, and the creators of those shows and the writers of those shows didn't have those kinds of families. Right. right. They wish Nobody. they had had those kinds of families. Yeah. And so they write about it. It's sort of an extension of their own, you know, fantasy. Yeah. You know, and, and it never existed. Yeah, I would, you know, my mom and dad got divorced when I was really uh, young. And so in the early 70s. And so my mom was working like two jobs. <laughs> our our yeah. lights were getting turned off. We were moving from apartment to apartment. And so my, I, all I saw was reruns of Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was perfect. Like, it seemed like the perfect light. Like, Beaver, I could take a leave. <laughs> Wally seemed like a good older brother. Right. Uh, and then Ward sitting down there in his cardigan reading a the paper. Yeah. Yeah. 
dishing out advice, I kind of created him in my mind. My my shrink was talking about that one time. Like you, you seem to have like Ward Cleaver down in your psyche somewhere, <laughs> telling you what to do. Yeah, we had to get him out. Part of my therapy was like get that. Get the fuck out of my my living room. And because then and only then can you truly honor your mom, who was this amazing, not that you didn't, but I mean, you can truly honor this amazing woman. And my mom was the same way, working two jobs, typing at night. Yeah. And working in the day, full job during the day and then type lawyer's paper because she was a great typist. Yeah. And uh, she any anytime I hear the typewriter, I, I fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) yeah your mom was so sweet and kind but the yeah you could tell like ass off yeah and yeah. my dad and they were married but my dad you know was just not successful yeah. in any way and and was you know just yeah. was unable to do it so she had to do it all so she, in a weird way, she was just as uh, a single mom as your mom was. She just happened to be married. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> she had another mouth to feed, which was yeah. my dad. You know? <laughs> which, yeah. I mean, that was yeah. that was always the sense at, yeah. at your house was yeah. that your mom just was holding it all together. Yeah, she ran it, ran the show. Yeah. yeah. And she also was able to go out and have her own career with like protesting. And, I know. And stuff as well. I know. She was like a she was amazing. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of sum up here and kind of a couple of things before we end, some interesting marriage customs from around the world. Uh, the Na people in Yunnan province in China, a group of about 30 to 40,000 people, uh, don't really believe in marriage. And so brothers and sisters live together and raise the sisters' children hmm. who are fathered by other men. Interesting. So, yeah. So they That's still have- interesting. They still have the incest taboo. Right. They don't so, have sex, but wow. Yeah. Now that's a brother, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wait, yeah. you got another one? Yeah. Connie, yeah. please. Yeah. Look please. what I'm doing here. <laughs> oh, I'm look. Trying at. to sneak out and have sex with somebody <laughs> else, you know? Oh, uh, that's so funny. Uh, in China, also, there's something called Mingun, which is an afterlife or spirit wedding. Which is like if, if we're, two people have died, their parents will arrange for them to be married in the afterlife. Oh, isn't that sweet? sweet? So they're not alone. Yeah, don't um, marry me off once I die. Though, okay? <laughs> oh, you get. I mean, no, you just wait. I don't want it. Please, yeah. Just let me just be wait. single in the afterlife. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a silent auction. <laughs> oh, Who gets Jesus. to? <laughs> All right. I read. I, I have to look at this too. But I read a, in one of these books. It was a. a brief sentence that said in France, if the president of France allows it, a person can marry a dead person as well. But Jesus. I don't know that. Don't oh take my, my word God, for that. I have to French. double check that. Of course. Have to check that. Uh, in Sudan, a uh, a new era woman, N-U-E-R, which is a, a group in, in Sudan, if her father has only daughters, he can marry off one of his daughters to another woman to be like a surrogate son to pass on his lineage. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And what so then two what women the, are married, two women are married and it's, and the families are connected. Yeah. Interesting. And the lineage continues because they'll have a surrogate father impregnate or have a child with the, the wife in the relationship. Wow. But yet the, the mother or I mean the, <laughs> the father's daughter will be the actual father. 
that's in wow yeah that's yeah now that's progressive Jesus. that's <laughs> yeah. amazing uh and also in certain Native American tribes, they have three genders, uh, not two. You'll have a male, female, and a burdash, uh, which is a two-spirit person or two-spirit gender. And uh, and for two-spirit people can actually get married to, I mean, the two-spirit woman or two-spirit man can actually get married to another male or female. Wow. And that's acceptable in certain Native American cultures. Wow. Um and then in it used to be a tradition in the United States beginning in the 1830s that they would have something called husbandless weddings and brideless weddings. And that's where prominent people in in a town would dress up and drag. <laughs> and and then it was like a fundraiser. They would prominent people like, oh, the mayor's dressed up like a bride. And then they would put on a performance of the uh the wedding so it was and called the, like a brightless what? wedding that yeah. is incredible yeah so, so and that's and, they, and in, they would marry the mayor dressed as a woman a male yeah. mayor ma- mayor dressed as a woman would marry be married to some other mocker in the community right some right. guy as a fundraiser kind of a fun yeah Wow. Yeah. That's really. And, and it was kind of like a, a wink to like, oh, this could never really happen. But the thing is, it still had you prominent. You had prominent people dressing up in drag. Yeah. And and going you know? through a rite that yeah. is been around forever. Uh, it, it, that's so interesting. Yeah. God, we're weird, aren't we? Yeah. We're just. Yeah. And <sighs> they said that people would uh, like when they were putting on the shows, it really allowed people to kind of be body and uh-huh. kind of do, you know, like the mayor could really play it up of like, uh-huh. you know, it was a pregnant bride or it was a shotgun wedding or something. Interesting. But again, it's it's like that started in the 1830s and went all the way through the 1930s. And it's look, drag is nothing new. Our grand great grandparents oh, generation course, yeah. knew about drag. Yes. We're still yes. here. We're still OK. Everything's yeah. going to be all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then finally, you know, we all know about polygamy, which is like one man, and usually it's polygyny, which one man and multiple women. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, in certain parts of Nepal and the Himalayas, uh, there's a practice of polyandry, which is one bride and multiple husbands, <sighs> and and usually their brothers, well, multiple brothers will marry one wife. Interesting. And, Jesus, that's so and again, wild. it's one of these. These are cultures where you know usually they they there's not there's more men than women right, in the culture. Right. Yeah, makes sense. And then also, uh, you can't divide up the property. Like the family, the groom's family wants to keep all the property together. Right. Right. So each son can't get a part of that property. So you'll have each son marry the same woman. I see. Yeah. That's crazy. What a solution. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I guess with, with the polyandry in Nepal, you see, John, sometimes it really is Adam, and, Eve, and, and Steve. Steve. You're <laughs> yeah. absolutely right. So, yeah. This stuff, yeah. it's so interesting. And, and when you see, when you kind of walk through history, you realize that there's this sort of need to say, no, things are changing. Yeah. I want to keep yeah. them the same. But then when you look at the same, there is no same. Right. There right. is no way. Yeah. And then, and, and it all falls apart. Yeah. But we need that because we're so terrified that things are going to change in a way yeah. that we can't handle. But we we're can. Confused. Yeah. We're confused. We're confused. And boy, do people hate confusion. 
Yeah. We hate and, it. And you know, it's, I don't know, it's marriage has always been very fluid. It's changing. Uh, no matter what your worldview is, I think, you know, it's just something to be aware of that this is how, like you say, what is normal? What has, yeah. always, what has been normal yeah. throughout history? And it's yeah. only, it's changed. It's always changed. And yeah. uh, to me, I don't know. I think as long as, you know, consenting adults love each other and want to be together and nobody's being forced to be together, yeah. you're an adult, you're consenting, you can leave if you want. To me, you know, as long as it's love, we can't have, a, you know, we need more love in the world, I guess. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yes. And, well, and, uh, it, it sounds like we can't really fight it anyway. I mean, it's just yeah. in our nature to find our own ways and to find the ways that work best for us. Yeah. Um, it, it, over time, anyway. Yeah. Wow. Well, this what, was fascinating. Yeah, I was just going to say, what is the, in Moonstruck, what is it when, uh, like, do you love her, Loretta, or something? Yeah. Or do you love him, Loretta? You know, that line is just like, I don't care. If you say, do you love her, Loretta? Do you love them, Loretta? I don't care. And then, right. was it Nicolas Cage's uh, character says, like, yeah, but love doesn't make things nice. You know, <laughs> something like that. So, <sighs> anyway. All right, John. Nice, so nice, nice. Uh, you you had share at the beginning and share at the end. Share at the I love end. it. I love Adam, it. Adam, Eve, and Steve at the beginning. Adam, Eve, and Steve, and share, and share with both of them. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. It was a quad, a quadruple, <laughs> quadruple, quadruple. So intricate. These yes. storylines are so intricate. God, this is good. Well, right. thank you so much. This is uh, John Lear, human number two. And this is John McRae, human number one. Thank you for listening, everyone. And if you enjoyed this podcast and found it interesting, please tell a friend about it. And John, you know, I, I was thinking we need to, people need to do this like in the morning. They, they yes. need to, you invite some people over yeah. for, for dinner, a few yeah. couples, like and eight And then surprise them. God, my yeah. dad did that to a bunch of our friends. It was one of the worst nights of our life. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> We yeah, made right. them all sit down serve... and did a slideshow. Yeah. Anyway, serve the food not... first. Yeah, serve, serve the food first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but seriously, if you could pass it on to a friend, that's the only way we're going to grow. And yeah. Um, yeah, we just crossed 500 downloads. Wow. Which is not nice. a lot, but in our world it is. You, yeah. Look, you got to have 500 <laughs> before you have 501. Glass half full, guy. Glass, Glass half, half full. full. You know, the other so thing we yeah go the ahead, other sorry. thing we could do is uh, I think we should try to get accredited to where people can get college credit for listening to this. <laughs> well, that's fan- that was- that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. <laughs> now you're talking big. Yeah, money. we yeah. get into the government. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tuition, oh. part of your tuition, you get. Yeah. You know, oh God. Listen to ten of these, you get an <laughs> associate's degree in anthropology. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> I love this. All right. right, Thank you, everybody. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. And thanks for listening to everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.